0: Okay, Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, the progression of these Beatitudes that we're studying really follows logic. It kind of follows common sense. When you are fully aware of your sinful condition and you grieve over the consequences of your sin and the sins of the world, you don't put yourself above others and you're able to show restraint when you're provoked. And you hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when you do those things, it's going to lead you to become more merciful, showing mercy to others because you know you have received mercy from the Lord. And that's what Matthew 5, 7 is all about, being merciful and showing mercy to others because we have received mercy and will receive. It's kind of like you're going to reap what you sow. If you sow mercy, you're going to reap mercy. In the lesson, you were to define mercy and merciful, so I don't want to go over too many definitions. But the easiest way for me to remember mercy is mercy is not getting what we deserve in way of punishment. Grace is receiving God's favor when we don't deserve it, but mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve for our sin. In Greek, it means to have compassion or pity on another, to feel sympathy with the misery of another. Well, Hebrews 2.17 tells us that Jesus is our high priest, and he's described as a merciful and faithful high priest. God became flesh and blood, and he knows our misery. He took on humanity, and he knows what we experience. He knows what we feel. He knows sometimes the misery that we go through. And there's many verses in the lesson about God and his mercy. There's no doubt about that, right? We're not debating that. There's no question. God is merciful, and he has shown us mercy. So our message is going to be God's mercy shown to us, who we are to show mercy to, and then how we are to show mercy. A couple of those questions you had opportunity to answer um, in the lesson, but we're going to go over those. So number one, God's mercy shown to us. And I thought about it, and I thought it's really been shown in three different time periods in our life. He extended mercy to us before we were saved, before we became his child. He extended mercy through our salvation by offering salvation to us. So when we were saved, when we were born again, it was because of his mercy. And thirdly, After we're saved, until he takes us home, we are living under his mercy. Before we were saved, God was merciful to us. He didn't destroy us, he didn't cast us away in our sinful state. He was always there, protecting us, providing for us. Maybe you can look back. I know there's times in my life I can look back before I ever gave my life over to him, invited him to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. There were things I know it was only God's hand of protection keeping me from safety, I mean from danger, keeping me safe, because he knew one day I would be his, and he's merciful. No matter how good we thought we were, no matter what sin, how bad, how, how not so bad our sin was, how much or little we sinned, it was only because God showed us mercy that we were not consumed, and it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's by his Holy Spirit that he woos us to Jesus Christ. We think we're seeking and we go after him, but all the time the Holy Spirit is the one wooing us, drawing us to him, and then he brings us into that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. Jesus took the punishment that we deserved, and that's God's mercy. Jesus stepped up. So then through faith, when we put faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work, we receive our salvation. We become a child of God. Not by any merit of our own, not because we paid the price for our sins, but because Jesus did. He stood before His right, the righteous judge, his father. We were declared guilty, and Jesus said, I'll pay price. I'll take her punishment. I will do the time for her crime, so to speak. And that's God's mercy. Well, after we're saved, we still experience and need God's mercy. We need his mercy every day. We still sin. We still deserve his punishment. Yes, he loves us. We're his child, but he hates the sin that we commit. And we are all aware of the obvious sins. I mean, murder, lying, stealing, cheating, adultery, sexual immorality, uh, homosexuality. We know gossip even. Those are all sins that uh, we need God's mercy for. But First Peter 4, 15 even speaks of not being a busybody in other people's matters. We're not to meddle in other people's lives. Now, I... I I struggle with that because I want to fix it. I see something going on in someone's life, it's like, okay, do this and do that, all will be well. And I need to stay out of people's business because sometimes they don't ask me for my opinion and I give it freely, you know? Um, (laughs) And I'm sure none of you can relate to that. Uh, But I remember studying this years ago and thinking, oops. You know, that is sin. You know, that is sin, and I need God's help in that. But needless to say, we still experience God's mercy every single day and throughout the day, and we need his mercy. Now, some versions translate mercy as loving kindness. God's always loving us unconditionally. He forgives us completely. He's for us. He's not against us, even though we don't deserve it. And that's why I think um, the mercy seat was put above the Ark of the Covenant. Pastor Michael talked about the tabernacle. How many were here last night? I know some of you were. Were you thinking, yeah, we studied the tabernacle? I know all those things. Anyway, the mercy seat sits on top of where the law was kept. We can't keep the law, so we need God's mercy over us all the time. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. And I always am reminded of the, that toy, the Etch-a-Sketch. You know, you turn the little knobs and the screen gets all filled up. Well, that's what we do when we sin. It's like sin, here's a sin, here's a sin. Oh, I did that, I did that. Well, we go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and cleansing. He turns out, that just gets over, shakes it and turns it back. We start out with a clean slate every morning. And everything. Every time we confess our sin and ask for forgiveness and cleansing, it's like that clean slate. God is merciful, and he has shown us mercy, and he continues to show us mercy. Okay, number two, who are we to show mercy to? Well, one word sums it up. Everyone. Everyone. Any and all, not just those that we like, not just those that we love, not just those we think deserve mercy. Friend or foe, foreigner or family member, it doesn't matter. We are to show mercy towards others. And um, Matthew 5, 7 tells us that the blessed and joyful state belong to those who show mercy. And so God wants us to show mercy so that we can be in that that state of of bliss, as some people translate that, that joy that we can have no matter what is going on. Now, the verses I gave you in the lesson I want to go over, because we know we need to be merciful and we find it easier to give mercy. Again, as I said to those we like or love or think deserve it or have been merciful to us. But we're told... (laughs) We need to be basically show mercy to our enemies, to those who hate us, to those who curse us, to those who spitefully use us. Really? Yes, really. And if you did your lesson, then you read those. If not, make sure you read it. Luke 6:27 through 36. And Matthew 5: 43 through 48 is where it tells us the extent of where this, our mercy is to, to be extended. Again, it's easy to be merciful to those we love or that we like or, or those who have shown us mercy, but we're also to be merciful. Forgiving is another aspect. It's under the umbrella of showing mercy. It's not holding unforgiveness. It's not being bitter and resentful, but it's forgiving those who don't like us. Those who don't love us, those who hate us and use us. Why? Because now we are children of God. We have his nature. We've been born again. His nature is to be merciful. We need to show mercy because we've experienced his mercy. He wants us to show his mercy to others. He showed us mercy while we were his enemy, before we were born again. And I know that's hard for some of you to think about, that that before you were born again, God saw you as his enemy. It's going to be in a lesson coming up uh, where you can uh, do a little research on that. Some of you may have hated the Lord before you were saved. Maybe circumstances in your life, you just thought there can't be a God or there can't be a loving God, and you you actually hated him. Maybe you cursed him before you knew him. Um, Again, just because of your circumstances or your pride. Many use God before they're saved and even after they're saved. People try to tell God what to do, like he's in their life for their convenience and for their comfort and to do what they think he should do. And they give God orders. They use him. Well, that's not God. He's God, we're not. We're to have compassion on others, to feel sympathy with others, to, um, and it goes beyond feeling, really. It's, just, it's not just being compassionate. It goes beyond an attitude of mercy, but basically to actions, to doing something, to take some sort of action. And we can't do that unless we really can try to put ourselves in someone else's shoes, even as the Lord put himself in human shoes, sort of speaking, and came and walked among us. So that's who, that, that's all that we, everyone we are to show mercy to even those that cut us off on the freeway. And I know I've talked about this a lot. You know, I, I, you know, you're trying to get on the freeway, and they don't want to let you in. And they cut you off, and they won't let you off, and then you get in a bad mood, and you don't want to let the next person in front of you, right? Well, no, we need to be merciful, even if those are not showing us mercy. Okay, so how do we show mercy? Besides not, you know, honking your horn at someone and riding by and I won't say what? We don't do that. We don't do that. We don't give them dirty looks and go, right? We don't do that. Okay, don't ever cut me off and you won't ever see me do that. No, I don't do that. No, you know what? You can't trust people with road rage out there. Doesn't that keep you sometimes from acting out and cutting someone off that cut you off? I mean, you don't know. I mean, I don't mind going home to be with the Lord, but I don't want to... Anyway, Luke 6, 36, therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. It's just like, you know, forgive even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Be merciful even as your father has shown you mercy. Well, using those same verses from Luke 6, 27 through 35, and Matthew 5, 43 through 48, let's think about how we're told uh, to show mercy, how we're to be merciful to our enemies. We're told, love your enemies, love your enemies. We show mercy through our love for even our enemies, even as God showed his love for us when we were considered his enemy. How did God show us his love? By sending Jesus. And how did Jesus show us his love? By being willing to give up everything to come and take on humanity, to die for Uh, He gave his life for us. He gave up his rights, his position of power, his ability to destroy his enemies. He laid all that down, and he willingly took up the cross. And we're told, take up our cross daily. That's dying to self, denying self. It's not the burden that we have to bear. It's death to self, giving up our rights and letting God handle things. We're to follow him in that way. We're to let go of our pride, our unforgiveness, our bitterness, our resentfulness, and then love them. And we can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit, right? We need the Holy Spirit who has shed God's love abroad in our hearts. That's how we do it. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's how we do it. Okay, we're told to do good to those who hate you. They hate you. And and Jesus says, do good unto them. Be kind. Don't retaliate. Don't argue, but turn the other cheek. Forgive and show mercy. Again, try to put yourself in their shoes and try to understand maybe why they are the way they are. Things have gone on in their life, in their day, whatever. And if you have, um, you know, an opportunity, try to do something nice in return instead of You know, just avoiding them, staying away from them or retaliating. Do good unto them. We're told those who who curse us, we are to bless them. Speak well of them. Don't rehearse all the negative in your mind about them or in conversation with others. Talking about all their bad qualities and how horrible they are. But speak well of them. Find some good quality and highlight it in your mind and in your conversation or dealings even with them. Don't feed that negative you feel or think about them. And if you have opportunity, do something unexpected. Do something kind. Do something nice. If you're feuding with your neighbor, maybe they well deserve, you know, God's punishment and wrath. They deserve your wrath. But bake them some cookies and don't put anything bad in it. (laughs) Take them over a basket of fruit or something. And then those who spitefully use us, we're told, pray, pray for those who spitefully use you. Pray. And again, not for them to be wiped out, but pray that they can come to know Jesus if they don't know him. And if they do, that they would draw closer to the Lord and see that they need to become merciful even as you are praying that you will be more merciful towards those. Um, And and pray that God might bless them so that they, in turn, can be a blessing. Prayer can and will change your attitude when you pray about God's mercy, and he will make you more merciful as you recount how merciful he has been to you. Remember how he has shown you mercy. Before you were saved, when he saved you and every day since you've been saved. Ask him to show you mercy to everyone. Ask him to help you be merciful, even as he is merciful. And then let the Holy Spirit work that attitude of mercy in you and then through you. You know, there's the gift of mercy, that supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is, you encounter someone that's just, you know, when someone is sinning, when someone is strayed, And they come back to the church, and you're aware, you're thinking, have they cleaned up their life? Are they back really with the Lord? And others just extend mercy to them. Oh, we're so glad you're back. Or they seek after them. But we're not all given that gift of mercy, and yet Scripture says we will be blessed, we will be joyful when we are merciful and then we will obtain mercy. We will continue to receive mercy that God extends to us and we will receive mercy from others because what you sow, you will reap. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your mercy, Lord, that you have extended and do extend and will continue to extend to us. We're so grateful, Lord, that uh, you understand what we're going through that you have, in a sense, walked in our shoes. And so, Lord, help us not to forget that ever and to be grateful for your mercy and to pass that mercy on to others so they can come to know you. And so, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for these beatitudes and the things you're teaching us. I pray, Lord, that in the group, the women can continue to share with one another and, and deepen their understanding of your word and how it applies to each and every one of us. So, Lord, we just offer this rest of this time, the group discussion to you. Use it, Lord, for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, ladies. Have a good group.